Welcome to this week's sermon from Spark. We are a community who believes we are deeply loved by God and seek to welcome, support, love, and serve every person we meet. We hope this message has something for you today. All right. Can I please have a volunteer? Raise a hand, a volunteer. Machina, would you come on up? Please, can you um, just have a seat here at this, on the chair? Awesome, I'm gonna ask you a few questions now. <laughs> it's really easy questions, I promise. All right, so, uh, when you sat, were you nervous to sit in this chair? No, okay, good answer. Uh, do you feel confident and trust in this chair ability to hold you up and do its job? Perfect, thank you, you may have a seat. See, very easy, thank you. So, when you all walked in here today, or in any room really that has adult-sized chairs, none of you were nervous, concerned, or anxious about sitting down in a chair. Is that correct when I say that? You all sat down confidently, knowing that it's just a chair, you'll be fine. You fully trusted in the chair to hold you up. Now, when it comes to placing our trust in God, when we aren't sure what the outcome will be, that's not always as easy as sitting down in a chair. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three friends of Daniel, were placed in a situation where they had to fully place their trust in God. So we're actually gonna read that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and if you open your Bibles to Daniel chapter three, which you can find underneath your chair, in which I lost my place, so it might take a while for me to find it myself. Or I can just look at my printout. Daniel chapter three. First one, who find it, shout out the top number page to help your fellow friends out. Perfect. What um, top page are you on? 672. That's Daniel chapter 1 starts on 672, but chapter 3 is on page 674. And it'll be the big number 3, and it's titled Gold Statue. Awesome. So we'll go ahead and start our reading. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue. It was 90 feet high and nine feet wide. He set it up in Dodora Valley in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar then ordered the chief administrators, ministers, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to assemble and come for the dedication of the statue that he had set up. So the chief administrators, ministers, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They stood in front of the statue the king had set up. The herald proclaimed loudly, peoples, nations, and languages, this is what you must do. When you hear the sound of horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of 
instrument, you must bow down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Anyone who will not bow down and worship will be immediately thrown into a furnace of flaming fire. Now a furnace is like a giant oven, you can imagine. So because of this order, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument, all the people's nations, languages bow down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At that moment, some of the Chaldeans came forward, seizing a chance to attack the Jews. Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king, your majesty. You gave a command that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument should bow down and worship the gold statue. Anyone who wouldn't bow or worship would be thrown into the furnace of flaming fire. Now, there are some Jews, once ones you appointed to administer the province of Babylon, specifically Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have ignored your command. They don't serve your gods, and they don't worship the gold statue you've set up. In a violent rage, Nebuchadnezzar ordered them to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, is it true? that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up. If you are now ready to do so, bow down and worship the gold statue I have made. When you hear the sound of horn, pipe, zither, lyre, harp, flute, and every kind of instrument. But if you won't worship it, you will be thrown straight into the furnace of flaming fire. Then what God will rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to answer your question. If our God, the one we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of flaming fire and from your power, your majesty, then let him rescue us. But if he doesn't, know this for certain, your majesty, we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Now Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage and his face twisted beyond recognition because of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In response, he commanded that that furnace be heated to seven times its normal heat. He told some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the furnace of flaming fire. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound, still dressed in all their clothes, and thrown into the furnace of flaming fire. Now the king's command had been rash and the furnace was heated so to such an extreme that the fire's flame killed the very men who carried Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell, bound, into the furnace of flaming fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up and shook and said to his associates, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? They answered the king, certainly, your majesty. He replied, look, I see four men unbound walking around inside the fire and they aren't hurt. And the fourth one looks like one of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar went near the opening of the furnace of flaming fire and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. 
the chief administrators, ministers, governors, and the king's associates crowded around to look at them. The fire hadn't done anything to them. Their hair wasn't singed. Their garments looked the same as before. They didn't even smell like fire. Nebuchadnezzar declared, may the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be praised. He sent his messengers to rescue his servants who trusted him. They ignored the king's order, sacrificing their bodies because they wouldn't serve or worship any god but their god. I now issue a decree to every people, nation, and language, whoever speaks disrespectfully of the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb from limb and their house made a trash heap because there is no other god who can rescue like this. Then the king made Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prosperous in the province of Babylon. So our friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were placed in a very difficult situation. They were either supposed to bow down and worship this golden statue that the king demanded them to, or they get thrown into a fiery furnace. Those are their two options. As we read just now, we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego chose to place their trust in their God. They trusted that their God would save them from the fiery furnace, and God did. God didn't just save their life. The best part is that God went above and beyond. Scripture tells us when they came out of the furnace, they didn't have a scratch on them, no burns, their clothes are perfectly attached. They didn't even smell like fire. Now, if anybody's ever been around a campfire, you know you're around it for a few minutes or two, you, you smell like smoke and flames, sometimes for hours afterwards. But yet, these guys came out, like I would like to say, smelling fresh and clean after spending a little time in the fire. This is an incredible story of how the power of God and how good God can be, right? And how mighty God is. It's also an amazing story of how we can place our trust in God and amazing things can happen. But the question I know I've asked before and others have asked after reading the story is, well, how do we put our trust in God when things don't turn out so amazingly as they did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? So today, we're not gonna actually answer the question of how. I thought we would answer the question of why. Why should we put our trust in God? I believe if we can figure out the why we should trust God, then eventually that can lead us to the how we trust God. Many of you may not know, maybe some of you do, I am what one might call a fitness fanatic. I really into fitness, like more so than the average person, okay? So this is, this is something I do, I just enjoy it. And I belong to what they call a CrossFit gym. Now a CrossFit gym is not your typical LA Fitness or Planet Fitness type of gym. This is more so of a gym where we train in order to be ready for anything. So we train a little bit of, of everything. We run, we sprint, we bike, we jump, we do um, handstands, anything you can imagine that might come up in life, we do it. 
And one of the things that we train are rope climbs. Now, rope climbs are exactly what they sound like. There's this 15-foot rope, sometimes longer depending on your gym, that dangles from the ceiling of the gym, and the goal is, is for you to climb up this rope and then make your way down the rope, okay? So, for some background, you should know that I have a slight fear of falling from high places. So, when the day came for me to tackle the rope climb, which I avoided for a very long time, I would just happen to be absent on rope climb days. Okay, so when the day came for me to tackle this rope climb, I was terrified. I was not having it. I was confident that if I attempted to climb this rope, if I even made it to the top, I would fall from the top of this rope, break all my limbs, my neck, and it would be end of story for me. That was how I envisioned the situation to go. But my coach at that moment was like, okay, what is it exactly are you afraid of? And I'm like, well, I'm afraid of falling and breaking my neck and all the other parts of my body, right? And so he was like, okay, well, I need you to trust that if you were to fall, I would catch you. So I reflected on this, and I made the decision at that moment that I would, that I would place my trust in my coach, and if I were to fall, he'd catch me. Or at least he'd try to catch me and break fall and make it a little bit, you know, a little bit more cushioned before I actually hit the ground. So I went up the rope, as the picture shows. I went up the rope, and to my own surprise and amazement, I made it down the rope, you guys, and I didn't break anything, okay? I didn't break anything at all. And the crazy part about this rope climb was the fact that while I was climbing this rope, I felt free. I felt no fear, no anxiety, or stress while climbing this rope. It's like all the stress that came with me in the gym found its way off of me as I was climbing up the rope. And so then I questioned, how is it that I was able to climb this rope with no fear or no stress or no anxiety after all that craziness I was thinking about before? And that's when I realized it's because I placed my trust in someone else. I placed my full trust in my coach, and I trusted that he'd be there to brace my fall or to catch me if I fell. The thing is, when we are able to place our trust in God, all the heaviness and the uncertainties that we have at that moment or during the time, strangely, a lot of times seem to go away. Having that ability to place our trust fully in our God, in our God allows us to experience the sense of freedom and a sense of boldness to do things like climb a rope that you would never do before, and a sense of peace when you're in the process of doing it even when we don't know what the outcome will be. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fully trusted in God, but they were also quite aware that things could go wrong in the fiery furnace, just as I was fully aware that things could go wrong as I was climbing that rope. But even with that knowledge, they still placed their trust in God and refused to give in to the king's demands. And because of this, they were able to 
experience the sense of freedom, boldness, and peace while going into the fiery furnace. In verse 17, it reads like this. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So here's the deal. Bad things will happen. Hopefully and luckily, it won't be as bad as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we don't have to face a fiery furnace. But bad things will happen. People will do bad things that affect us and affect others that we care about. Accidents will happen, and people will get sick. But it's important for us to know that just because we place our trust fully in God, it doesn't mean bad things will stop happening from now on. It doesn't mean that we won't ever, ever again experience pain or suffering. But the good news is, is that when we have the ability to place our trust in God, God can help set us free from all fears and uncertainties that take over. Because placing our, God, our trust in a God, in our God, can offer us a sense of freedom, the sense of boldness, and a sense of peace that surpasses all understanding. So my prayer for you, everyone in this room today, is that you fully grow to understand why you should place your trust in God. And may you fully experience the amazing sense of freedom and boldness and peace that comes with trusting in God. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, follow the link in the description below. Peace be with you. Peace be with you.